Welcome to Kingdom Embassy International, where you get real-life teachings, real-life worship, and an all-round real-life experience. The message you're about to listen to will lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Success is always a product of the willingness to face what others are running away from. You must not just be concerned about the price that you have to pay to succeed. You must also descend the reward that is hidden in every obstacle. Now get set to be reformed and transformed as you listen to Apostle David Grace, the founder of Kingdom Embassy International. Stay tuned. Hello everyone. I'm so excited to be coming into your house, into your phones, into your iPad, wherever you are watching from right now. Never in my life have I ever imagined that I will have Easter at home. Never in my life have I imagined that I will witness something like this. But as I've been saying in the past few days, the world is going through a massive disruption. The world as we know it is fast changing. Everything around us is changing. But the good news is the enemy can never stop the gospel from being preached. The enemy can never stop the gospel from reaching out to the corners of the earth. And God is always a step ahead of the enemy. And so I'm so excited that you are joining me on this, our first virtual Easter. Who knows, maybe it's going to be the norms in the many years to come. This is a new season, a new time by which the gospel is coming to you. I don't want you to just see this as a video on Facebook on YouTube, or whatever platform you are watching from. I want you to see this as a, 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 a platform set by God to transform your life. It is as powerful as it can be. So I want us to take this moment, even as we open up our Easter this Friday night, I want us to thank the Lord and appreciate Him for His goodness and for His love upon our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you I want to bless your holy name for all our viewers across the world. I want to thank you, my Father God, for your sons and your daughters that are watching right now, Father God, that are joining us right now online, Father God, for this Easter, this special Easter. I want to thank you, Father God, that this moment, this setup is happening right in their houses. Your presence is invading their houses, their families as they are gathered together with their families, Father God, in this time like this. I want to thank you that we will be reminded of your love, of your grace, of your mercy towards us. And I thank you, Father God, for a way that is going to transform and change somebody's life. Set the captives free, heal the sick. And I thank you for victory in the name of Jesus Christ. I give you praise, Father God, for your anointing. Amen. My friend, I'm telling you, this is a special Easter, and I want your expectation to be high. The Bible says the expectation of the righteous are not cut off. There's no distance in the spirit. When I talk about technology and what is happening today, I always tell people that when that, that, that master came to see Jesus and he said, my servant is sick at home. Please, Lord, uh, do something about it. And, and, and Jesus said, I'll go and heal you your servant. And he said, no, I'm a man under authority. I call, I, I, I'm a man in authority and there are people under me. And when I send this one, they go and 
when I send this one, they come. And I understand authority. And Jesus said that was the greatest faith. And, you know, Jesus, you know, he said, the, the man said to Jesus, you know, Lord, just send a word and my servant will be whole. Man, that is the power of technology. I mean, Jesus was not physically present in the house of that, that man. But Jesus sent a word. He said, go, thy servant is healed. And do you know what happened? Through the waves, the word of God traveled, reached that servant wherever he was, and healed them. So even this Easter, I am sure that the word of God is going to reach you wherever you are watching from across Africa, across the world, wherever you are watching from. I believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that even right now, his healing power, his miraculous power is right in your house right now, setting you free from every oppression of the enemy. I want you to be expecting that the power of God is going to come into your house. It's going to come into your office, wherever you are watching this from. I am telling you right now that the presence of God is in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. I want you to know that God has given me a word that's going to change your life forever. A word that is going to transform you forever. And I want us to start this powerful Easter. God has given me a word that I believe that is going to transform everything about you. You're going to have a new look at the cross of Jesus Christ. It was a dark night more than 2,000 years ago as those who has been conspiring to arrest Jesus finally found their moment. And they took our Savior, our Redeemer, not knowing that they were right in the perfect plan of God. They took him and while the city was asleep, there was caucuses of people coming with everything to accuse him, thinking that they were doing God's work, not really knowing that the plan of God was rolling in that particular moment because God wanted to save mankind. By the next day, we know that the world as they knew it of that time has changed because they just thought that they have crucified or they were going to crucify a mere man. But they did not understand that the plan of God to save mankind was being rolled right in that place. And right now you are in a lockdown. You are in your house at this particular moment. And as people have always asked this question to say, how can a man that died more than 2,000 years ago called Jesus Christ really be relevant to my life in the 21st century? How can an incident that happened in Israel, in a place, in a place that I don't even know of, as people say, come to affect my life? And these are words of people trying to dismiss the gospel or trying to dismiss the words of God. But I want you to listen to me, my friend, because the situation of COVID-19 perfectly fits in the picture of what happened more than 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine that right now you are in your house we are in a lockdown. Countries are in a lockdown. Everything has come to a standstill because of a virus that started in a city somewhere in Asia, in China. And the virus traveled across the world, disrupting systems, stopping government, stopping commerce, stopping everything. And right now you cannot say, how can an incident that has happened in China affect my life? I mean, practically right now, your life has been affected by a virus that started in China. Think about it, my friend. 
the same way more than 2,000 years ago, God revealed his love to mankind by sending his son to die for us. He was born and raised in Israel, but he had an assignment for the world. The same way the virus started in China, but it is affecting the whole world. Jesus, far more greater, came with good news and power. And I want you to know that Easter is a moment that we remember the sacrifice of God's love. We remember how God expressed himself to mankind in that place. So I want you to come with me as I will be sharing with you on love revealed. And we're going to look at part one today and on Saturday we're going to move to part number two. And then on Sunday we're going to gather around and take the communion together. And I believe that these three days are going to be powerful days of, of the presence of God, the anointing of God, and the glory of God in your life. And I'm telling you, I want you to sit back, take your notebook, and begin to write and begin to receive the word of God into your heart. I'm going to kick that this with a powerful scripture that we have we all know. It's a scripture that we have been reciting all our lives in our Sunday schools. You know, the Bible says in John 3, verse number 16, it says in the New Living Translation, for this is how God loved the world. Mark this way, this is how God love the world. John starts by revealing to you and showing you how God loved the world. When human beings love other human beings, they express it in different kind of way. But when he came to God, expressing his love for the world, there is how he did it. How God loved the world, he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. I want you to hear the tone of this scripture. He says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Perish from what? What was the threat of humanity at that time? even as we are locked down in our houses right now, is because there is an enemy out there lurking. There is a virus out there killing people. When God demonstrated his love for mankind, what was he saving them from? What was threatening men? What was about to cause men to perish? As news keep on coming and coming of people losing their life through this virus. This brings me to more than 2,000 years ago that God sent his son to save mankind from the most dangerous virus of all viruses, sin. Because it was sin that entered in the Garden of Eden that brought evil upon the world. When God started with Adam and Eve and placed them on that garden and gave them instruction and they did not listen to those instructions, from that very moment, wickedness, death, oppression, sickness came upon the earth. And for thousands of years, men struggled with that. There was no solution. If there was, it was temporary. God has to come and bring different kinds of intervention to help his people. And now, once and for all, at the right time, at the right moment, God said, it's time to settle this once and for all. 
It is time to deal with sin once and for all so that people will be given a chance to leave. People will be given a chance to escape from perishing. How did God do it? God did it by loving the world. We were not there to pray for it. We were not there to ask for it. We were not there to intercede for it. It was out of God's own heart. But God decided that mankind needs me. And I want you to know that even right now, God knows that man needs him. Even at this moment, my friend, God knows that the world needs him. It is in this hour of darkness that we can remember that when mankind was desperate, when there was no other way out, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. When there was no way out, when man was like in a corner and Satan was already celebrating before time that I have caught mankind, I'm destroying God's creation. God demonstrated his love for us. When we could not speak for ourselves, he demonstrated his love for us by sending his only begotten son. That you and I and every other person who will believe in the story of redemption will be saved. Saved from sin, which is the cause of all other oppression that are happening to mankind. We know that sin is that force that was introduced into the earth by Satan, who is still the mastermind behind the COVID-19. Satan is behind this. He is the one that is bringing the evil, the darkness, the sicknesses, the diseases, the viruses. These are the cause of wickedness. But in the midst of that, God has gone a step ahead of the enemy by sending Jesus Christ more than 2,000 years ago so that you and I, my friend, you and I, can be saved from perishing, from being destroyed. And I want you to have hope in your heart that the Bible says God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. I want you to look at this. Number one, God loved an imperfect world. God loved an imperfect world. You see, a lot of people struggle with this. How can a perfect God love imperfect people? The love of God by no means is like, it's not like the love of man. The love of God is totally different from the love of man. I want you to know that when the Bible talks about God loving the world, the world was not well behaved. The world was not worshipping God. The world was not living righteously. Man was continuing with their righteous life. Man was living a sinful life. Man was living a rebellious life. Even in this time and hour, People are living rebellious life, riotous life, lives of sin, life that have no regard that there is a God who created the heavens and the earth. When you bring the topic of God to many people, look on Facebook how many people are mocking God, how many people are mocking preachers, how many people are mocking the church. Because they think that the story of Easter, the story of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is just a mere story, a fable, a tale. But my friend, when your eyes are open to look at the cross in a different way, there is power, there is salvation, there is healing, there is deliverance from every oppression of the enemy. And I want you to know that is the plan of God for mankind. He loved an imperfect world. Even there are Christians who are struggling, even after God saving them from wayward life, they still struggle on how God can, how can God love a sinful world? How could God love 
a, 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 a world that lives in disrespect of him, of his principles, is because the way God looks at man is totally different from the way man looks at God. The way God looks at man is totally different from the way man looks at God. You know, I'm reminded of the story of one of the greatest sculptors in history. They said he entered a shop and he found a piece of stone being sold. And he asked to buy the piece of stone. And the shop owner said to him, nobody who came into the shop ever desired to buy this piece of stone. Why would you want to buy this piece of stone? And the sculptor smiled and he said to him, I can see an angel in this stone. When God looked at the sinner, he saw a saint. <laughs> when God looked at the sinful world, he saw righteous children. Because he knows he is able to make it happen. So I want you to know that when God looks at the world, he does not look at it the way man looks at the world. Right now, men looks at the world, they see chaos, they see darkness, they see pain. But God looks at the world, he sees hope, he sees prosperity, abundance, he sees deliverance, he sees healing. It's my prayer today that the Spirit of the Lord will touch your eyes as a child of God. Or whoever you are, you may not even know Jesus Christ, but that your eyes will be opened, that you will begin to see yourself and begin to see the world the way God sees the world. I can see an angel in a stone. Because he was a sculptor, he did not see the way the shop owner saw. Even God who created the heavens and the earth, when he looks at you, my friend, he looks at your destiny. He sees success. He sees prosperity. He sees somebody who is going to make it. It does not matter where you are right now in your life. It does not matter the family where you are born in. I want you to understand that the cross is the, 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 the place that allows every person from every background to have equal opportunity before God. All of us, all of us, we can come through the cross and our destiny can be, can be realized through the cross of Calvary. Through, through the love of God expressed by the death of his son on that cross, it was to give people like you, people like me, a chance. God saw a saint in a sinner. Before you were saved, before you came to knew Christ, that's how God saw you. So I want you to know that the raw material for God to make a saint is a sinner. When darkness covers the earth, that is the raw material for the light and the glory of God to be displayed. As right now the world is walking in darkness. This is the greatest time for the greatest revival in the history of mankind. All the theories, all the beliefs, all the stories and, and principles that men are trying to exalt are going to crumble. And every eye is going to behold Jesus. Every eye is going to look at him. Every eye is going to say, this is the answer. We are in a time and a moment that the gospel needs to be preached 
The gospel needs to be shared. The good news needs to travel. This is not the time for the church to chicken out. This is not the time for saints who say, well, we are not going to church. Well, they have closed the churches. They have not closed the church. The greatest power of the church has been unleashed. I believe that the online platform, the ability to enter people's houses, is one of the greatest tools to ever be given to the church. And my friend, we are going to enter into the houses of people, into the offices of people, into countries without visa to preach the gospel. Even as you are listening to me from different places across the world, I surely believe and I surely trust that we are living in the greatest moment of the church, the greatest type of the church. The love of God revealed to mankind by the sacrifice of his son on the cross. I want you to look with me in the book of Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5 from verse number 6. Romans chapter number 5 from verse number Number 6, Romans 5, from verse number 6. Because you see, Easter reminds us that God demonstrated his love to sinners. God demonstrated his love to sinners, to your family members, to your brother who is a drunkard, to your sister who is living a wayward life. And right now, as you are spending the first Easter with your family members, as you are spending the first Easter at home right now, I want you to look around your home. Look at your dad who does not know Christ. Look at your mom who does not know Christ. Look at your cousin who does not know Christ. And understand that this Easter, we must remember that Easter was about God's love demonstrated to sinners, not to saints. I want you to understand this because it's very pivotal. The love of God was expressed to imperfect people. It was expressed to people who knew nothing about God. Does that change the way you look at your family members? Of course it must. You must start looking at those people the way God looks at them. You must start seeing them as saints. When the power of the blood of Jesus come upon them to transform them. The same way he transformed you. The same way God saved you. The same way God saved you want to save them. The same blood that saved you want to save. The same blood is available to save every member of your family. No matter how bad they were or they are, no matter how bad they were that time, Jesus still died. He said, oh, Father, it's not the right time to die for the world. They are most sinful. I've never seen such horrific sins. No. It was the best time to die for mankind. In Romans 5, verse number 6, all the way to verse number 11, in the New Living Translation, listen to this. This is profound and powerful. Oh, my God. This is, this is going to bless you. This, at least this is going to bless you. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Isn't that beautiful? God never comes late. He comes at the right time. And I can tell you that right in the midst of the storm of COVID-19, God is going to come at the right time. Your worry over your rent, your worry over your health, your worry over your family right now. Jesus Christ never comes late. 
he comes at the right time. There is a solution for that problem. Now, most people will not be willing, verse number 7, he says now, most people will not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Now, most people will not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. No one will be willing to die for somebody who is not, even if it was possible. No one, no one will even die for a good person. No one. But yet God commended his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. What a love. What have we done? What have humanity done to deserve such kind of love? I want you to know that Easter is about a God who loved the world so much that he went way and beyond to demonstrate it. And this is how he demonstrated it. By sending his son in our place. Listen to this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. Underline that. While we were yet sinners. And now somebody is telling you, you are a born again child of God. And now somebody is telling you that God is not going to answer your prayers. God is not going to help you. What is that? If God was able to help to send his son to die for mankind, when man was not perfect, when man was not doing anything for God, how much more of this time, my friend? Verse number 9. And since we have been made right in God's sight, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. There's a lot of fear, people talking about the end time and presenting scary theories about the end time. But I want you to know that the solution to fear, the solution to the fear of not being able to make it to heaven, to, to not being able to make it to rapture, is to understand that if Christ is in your heart, you qualify for heaven. If Christ is in your heart, you already have a safe passage into the kingdom of God. The Bible says that since we have been made right in the sight of God by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. When his blood was shed, we know he was the Lamb of God. We understand the system of old that a lamb needed to be taken to be sacrificed for the sins of the children of Israel. But in the New Testament, when John spoke and said, Behold the Lamb of God that take away the sins of mankind. We knew from there that Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God that was coming to take the sins of men away. By his blood, the Bible says we have been saved from condemnation. In verse number 10, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. That is good news for you, my friend. 
Today now, you are no longer an enemy of God. You are a child of the living God. You are now saved. You are now born again. So now verse number 11 says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Say that to yourself. I am a friend of God. Say it. I am a child of God. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This is the good news. That while we were yet sinners, while we were, yet, while we were imperfect, while we did not even know how to recite Psalm 23, before we even knew how to say our Father who art in heaven, Christ died for the ungodly. What a good news to the world. To people who are thinking, what should I do to qualify to be saved? You don't need to do anything to qualify to be saved. You need to accept the gift of God. He said, God so loved the world, he gave. Jesus Christ was a gift. Surely when somebody buys a gift for you, you can't buy it from the person. A gift needs to be received. When God gave his gift, his son, it was so that you and I can receive him. And the Bible says, as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. As many of us that receives him, we go into friendship with God. Oh my God. So we did nothing to deserve God's love. But while we are utterly helpless, Christ came and died for us. Now we are in a relationship with God. Now we are friends of God. Now we are part of God's family. What exciting news in this time to know that God is your father. The creator of the universe is your father. As I love to say it, my maker is my father. My maker is my daddy. God who created the heavens and the earth is your heavenly father. This is the good news of Easter. This is the good news you must embrace. You see, when we change the way we look at Easter, when we change the way we look at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, everything about our life changes. Now, I want you to listen to this. Christ has conquered sin, which was the most deadly virus of all. In Romans 3.23, Romans 3.23, I want to show you something there. In Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For everyone has sinned. We fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So on the cross of Calvary, when Jesus Christ died, we were freed from the penalty of our sins. You and I, my friend, we were supposed to face the judgment and the condemnation for our lifestyle, for the way we lived. We were going to face that if Christ did not die. But because Jesus has died, we have been saved from the penalty of our sins. Now, the Bible says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. This is the good news. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus Christ sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the past. For he was looking ahead, including them, in what he will do in this present time. God this, this did this to demonstrate his righteousness. 
For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus Christ. The condition is, when we believe in Jesus Christ, we are made right with God. Will you receive the love of God? Will you receive the mercy of God in your life? Will you receive the fact that no matter how imperfect you are right now, the God of the universe loves you? Will you believe this news? Will you believe this news? Will you believe this news in spite of what your mind may be telling you? I don't qualify. I don't live right. Or you might even be a Christian and you are struggling with sin. You are struggling with unrighteous life. And you are wondering. But I want you to look at the core. What matters is that for many years, people have emphasized loving God, which is critical. We must love God. We must love God. But what is more important is that when we believe in God's love towards us, then something happens inside our hearts which makes us to love God more. So when we believe in God's love for us, then we respond by loving God more. It's a law. So first we must receive God's love, and then when we receive God's love, it begins to flow. As the Bible tells us that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, the love of God has been poured forth in our hearts. Romans 5 verse number 5. By the Holy Spirit. My message this Easter to you is. Believe in the unconditional love of God towards you. I want to help you. To raise up your hope. In this trying time of COVID-19. To know that condemnation and guilt and judgment are not allowed in your heart. Because Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sins. I want you to listen to me my friend. COVID-19 cannot prevail against us. Why? Because Easter reminds us of our hope. That because Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, we now have a platform to become the children of God. And if we are children of God, the Bible says, beloved, now are we the children of God. And it even goes further to tell us that whatsoever is born of God, how? Through salvation in believing in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. He says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our, our faith. So I want you to know, because of our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ, COVID-19 cannot prevail against you, cannot prevail against your household, cannot prevail against your brothers and your sisters, cannot prevail against your, 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 your country. I want you to know that Jesus Christ's sacrifice covered it all. It covered the errors of men in the 21st century. It covers all the mistakes that men can do. Even if this was a mistake of men, which is threatening humanity right now, the power of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he is going to make COVID-19 history. Because of your hope and faith in Jesus Christ, I can assure you that your business will not collapse. 
your career will not collapse. When you stand firm in the fact that God loves you, affirm this to yourself. God loved the world. And that world included me. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. I am a resident of the world. And if God loved the world, it included me. It includes you. And if it includes you, the threat of viruses, disease, biological weapons, sicknesses, can never eradicate the hope that Jesus Christ is our solid rock. So I want you to know that no evil can prevail against your family. No evil can prevail against your family. Why? Because on the cross of Calvary, it was a battle between evil and good. It was a match between Satan and Jesus Christ. And the good news is Jesus won. And when a man wins a race, a boxing match, he is given a trophy. This is why I have confidence that you will not be destroyed. Why? Because number one, you are a trophy of Jesus' victory on the cross. My God. My God. Think about that for a moment. You are a trophy of Jesus' victory on the cross of Calvary more than 2,000 years ago. You see, everyone who has a collection of trophies in their house, which are medals and trophies that showcases their achievements in the competitions that they have gone through in the past. Once in a time, they shine them, they clean them, they put them in a display, in a beautiful place where everybody can see them. You are a trophy of God that you want to showcase to the world. You are a trophy of God that is the reward of Jesus Christ's victory against the devil. You are Jesus' collection. You belong to Jesus. You are Jesus Christ's property. You were allocated specifically to him for overcoming the devil. And because of that, no weapon fashion against you can prosper. No weapon fashion. Imagine, just think about it, after a team or after a nation has won the World Cup and they have the trophy for the World Cup and then somebody tried to tamper with it. What will happen? There is a security around that trophy because of its significance, because of the material that has made it, because of its worth. The same way, you are worth Jesus' blood. Kiromondre estalavrikstoladibra antokredistalavada. You are worth Jesus Christ's blood. When the blood of the Son of God was shed, when it was shed, calabre estomandri kilobras, the presence of God is here. When when, when Jesus' blood was shed, it was a price that was paid for you, my friend. It was victory for you. So the devil cannot touch Jesus' trophy. You are Jesus Christ's trophy for the victory against the devil. Number two, you are a treasure. You are a treasure. Jesus Christ left heaven. You are a treasure of God. For God saw love the world. When God looked at the world in his perfection, he saw treasures. He looked at the value of that treasure and he realized that no angel, 
No elder in heaven was worth the price to buy the treasure that God saw. Only the best of heaven, Jesus Christ, qualified to purchase us. We are God's treasures. Hallelujah. We are God's treasures. You are God's treasure. It costed him his son. When Jesus was alone on that cross and he cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. When he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he cried out that, was paying the price for the treasure that you are. You are God's treasure. Remember that. When the enemy is trying to bring condemnation, when the enemy is trying to say you are not good enough, when the enemy is trying to tell you you are not the best, you must understand that you are the best. That there is no material on earth that could purchase you. Only the blood of the Son of the living God. You were purchased by the blood of God. It took the life of God for you to be bought. So you are a treasure of God. And if you are a treasure of God, all treasures on earth, treasures of men are protected. I come from a nation whose economy depends on diamond. And an ordinary person in our country has never seen diamond with their eyes because of the protection around that diamond. The diamond park is protected because the treasure of the nation is there. That's why the Bible says he has given his angels charge over you to bear you in their hands lest you dash your feet against a stone. You are protected 24 hours. You are protected every day because you are God's treasure. You are God's treasure. You are God's treasure. You are God's treasure. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you right now? You are God's treasure. You are worth everything. God left everything, sent his son down to make a purchase for you. You are God's treasure. Number three, you must understand that all the things that are happening in the world has no power over you. Why? We are beneficiaries of God's grace. You are a beneficiary of God's grace. The grace of God is defined as unmerited favor, something you did not qualify for. The grace of God found you when you did not qualify, when you did not deserve it. The grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, you are a beneficiary of that. If you are saved, you must remember, it was not because of your works, it was not because of your righteous act, it was not because you are wise, it was because of the grace of God. Finally, I want you to know that we are the reason Jesus had to go through the horrific death he went through more than 2,000 years ago. There was no other reason. It's not because he was born in heaven or there was nothing to do. It's because the life of humanity was at stake. And right now, the destinies of nations is at stake. The destinies of many people is at stake, including yours. We need God more than ever before. And this Easter is coming as a sober remembrance that more than 2,000 years ago, Jesus provided a way of escape. I have faith in my heart that nations are going to escape, that you are going to escape, that your household is going to escape. 
when God wanted to set Israel free. He told every family that night when he was to finally destroy the power of Egypt. In the book of Exodus 12 and the book of Exodus 11, he said every family shall take a lamb. They shall kill it and they shall place the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and on the lintels. He said when the angel of God comes down to kill the firstborn of Egypt, every house where he see the blood, he shall pass over. And then this week, weekend of Passover, as we are thinking about the sacrifice of the cross, I want you to know that wherever the blood of Jesus is applied, the force of sickness and disease must pass over. Evil must pass over. You see, the blood of the lamp in the Old Testament that was placed on the doorposts and the lintels of those houses was the, the sign, the seal. It's not because the people inside those houses were perfect, were righteous. In fact, they were as rebellious as they could be. It's because God had a covenant with them. He said, with this mark, my angel will be able to know that you are my covenant people. He will be able to know, in spite of your misbehavior, when the blood, the mark of the blood is there, then you know that you qualify for the redemption of God. And when the angel of God came that night and he found the blood in the doorposts and the lintels of houses, he passed over. Death could not enter their house. And in this Easter, the blood of Jesus Christ is upon your house, is upon your home, is upon your family. And as the wave of COVID-19 goes from continent to continent, I decree in the name that is above every other name, that for you and your family, you will escape. For you and your family, you will be preserved. For you and your family, you will be delivered. No death shall be found in your household in this season. No power of evil shall prevail against you. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that by the power in the blood of Jesus Christ, exemption comes to your household. And if you are listening to me right now, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You say, how can I receive this Jesus? It's very simple. God gave his gift, is Jesus Christ. Now whosoever believe in him, now believing in, in Jesus Christ is believing in your heart that indeed this is not a story. It's not a fable. Jesus Christ died and he was buried. And he rose again on the third day. And he did all these things for you. When you believe it in your heart, my friend, that indeed is true. That Jesus Christ is the son of God who came down to die more than 2,000 years ago. And his power, his blood, his life is present to save and deliver those who believe. And if you believe right there, I want to lead you in this prayer. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I now believe that you came down to earth. You died on the cross. You were buried. You rose on the third day. I believe all this happened so that I may be saved. And today, Lord Jesus, I open my heart 
to acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Save me from my sins. Wash me with your blood. And make me your child. Write my name in the book of life. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you pray that prayer, my friend, you are born again. You are a child of God. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe the message you've just listened to has shifted you to the next level. For more life-transforming messages, information, prayers, and counseling, please call us on this 267-7123-6692 or send us an email. Visit our website at www.davidgraceministries.org You can join our real-life service every Sunday at 0900 hours and our midweek service every Wednesday at 1800 hours. Kingdom Embassy International, Palape New Industrial, Plot 355 along the Debray Trans Road. Welcome to the Real Life Tribe.